Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trevor Woods with SB Nation's Maize and Brew. As I'm sitting here in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Media Hotel, head coach Jim Harbaugh and head coach Sonny Dykes, their joint press conference wrapped up a short time ago and really starting to feel the energy, starting to feel how close we are to kick off the Fiesta Bowl, the college football playoff, Michigan versus TCU. And on this edition of the Getting to Know the Opponent podcast, the TCU Horn Frogs edition, I'm speaking with Dean Straka from 247 Sports. How are we doing today, Dean? Good. It's you know good to be here. We had some, I think, trouble getting here, all of us did, with flights and all that. But just grateful to be here in the desert and looking forward to a good game tomorrow out in Glendale. It should be a fun time with two really uh, talented teams. Exactly. You're sounding like Sonny Dykes here. It, that's, that's been pretty much Harbaugh and Dykes. A lot of compliments exchanged back and forth. Overall, it, it seems like a, a positive-spirited uh, competition so far, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think you know both of them kind of with similar backgrounds from coaching families. They kind of have an appreciation of the game. It's similar in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I think both teams, too, have a bit of an underdog mentality in different ways. Uh, Michigan, you know, a lot of folks maybe didn't think they would be repeating as – Big Ten champions beating Ohio State for another year and getting back here, but they're here and they want to kind of complete unfinished business from a year ago. And then TCU, I mean, I don't think anybody in a best-case scenario thought they'd be in the playoff in year one under City Dykes after going 5-7, and seven, uh, losing Gary Patterson after 22 years and, you know, just being in a whole entirely new regime. It's been pretty remarkable just seeing what he's been able to do with a lot of the same talent that was a, there a year ago and now they're uh, playing in the playoff and it's been a Fun story to follow the it's, past few months. It's certainly been remarkable, and Dykes has won multiple Coach of the Year awards, deservedly so. Dean, a little bit ago, we were previewing the matchup, just 
you're having your cold brew coffee. We're talking about the matchup. And you said one thing that you're not sure that Michigan fans may be aware of is the TCU rushing attack. So would you like to talk about that and what the yeah. Frogs bring to the table there? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, just talking to some Michigan players yesterday at their media day, you know, I think a lot of people, when you hear the word Big 12 football, you think pass-heavy, which, you know, for all that time, that certainly, I think, was the case. Lincoln Rally's Oklahoma teams, you saw a ton of that. And, you know, Mike Leach, you can go on and on and on. But, uh, you know, the game has evolved a lot in the Big 12 in recent years. Um, and you've seen a lot more rushing attacks throughout the entire league. Uh, you can look at Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State, Bijan at Texas, um, you know, Oklahoma's had some talented backs. And then TCU, uh, while they do have, you know, a great passing attack with some weapons there, and, you know, we see what Max Duggan can do. I mean, you have some guys that can run, Max included, but it's not just him. I mean, Kendra Miller uh, went for over 1,300 yards this regular season, and you add in guys like Amari Demercado, who's been there for a while, Amani Bailey, uh, there's a lot of guys who can do damage on the ground, and I think talking to some players yesterday, a lot of them, you know, were quick to note, oh, these guys can, you know, throw the ball, and it's going to be, you know, a lot of passing. But I, I think it'll be interesting to see just how ready Michigan is uh, for what TCU might be able to do on the ground. Obviously, I think, you know, the size Michigan brings, it'll be interesting seeing if, how disruptive they can be. Um, but, you know, we saw TCU earlier in the year against Texas, uh, you know, who's a much more talented team on paper and had a lot of size, they still were able to be pretty successful against them. And uh, TCU, we know, relies on big plays pretty often. Uh, and I think we'll need to have to do that again on Saturday to have a chance. Well, Michigan, they've had their penchant for big plays as well at times this year. No game more notable than against Ohio State, a 45-23 victory in which there are five really long, big touchdown plays on the ground and through the air. Uh, Dean, so looking at some of the TCU rankings, and there's certainly strengths and weaknesses to any program. You look at team passing efficiency, fifth, scoring offense, fifth. But I want to talk about the defense because looking at rankings, and rankings can be deceiving, total defense 74th, rushing defense they're tied at 66th, passing yards allowed they're at 84th, Yet there is a Jim Thorpe Award winner that goes the best cornerback on the TCU defense. So could you talk about the strengths and weaknesses to that Horn Frogs defensive unit? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at them as a whole, they're not some juggernaut or an elite unit, but they play with a lot of scrappiness, a lot of chippiness, and they've been able, I think, to rise to the occasion when it has mattered. Um, you know, a trend that, you know, I think both TCU and Michigan have in common is a lot of times is that, you know, you see them really step up in the second half. Um, you know, these comebacks that you've seen for TCU uh, against Oklahoma State, Kansas State, you know, in the regular season, uh, Baylor. I mean, you saw them really either, you know, shut down their opponent in the second half or they've made some key stops down the stretch. Um, you know, I think of that three and stop, the three and out they got against Baylor that gave them a chance to get the ball back that one last time and kick the game-winning field goal. And then Kansas State, they were down 11, uh, I want to say, or 12 in the Big 12 title game before they rallied back late in the fourth quarter, lost in overtime. But – um, you know, this this unit is not one that, you know, jumps off the paper at you when you look at the numbers, but I think they, you know, and, and it's kind of TCU's identity, just this never say die mentality. When the occasion calls for them to rise up, they've done that a lot. Um, you know, Texas was kind of the game where it all came together for four quarters as far as a defensive effort goes. Um, just, you know, them really shutting down. You know, Bishop Robinson had 29 yards in that game. 
And obviously, I think this is going to be a little bit different, uh, you know, with this Michigan O-line, which is fantastic. Um, you know, I think it'll be hard to shut down the running game entirely as they did that time. But, um, you know, you've got to give a lot of credit for what Joe Gillespie's done in year one, you know, as TCU's moved away from Gary Patterson's, you know, four two five scheme that was kind of the staple of TCU football. And now with this, you know, maybe more conventional scheme in Gillespie, they really, I think, embrace that. Um, but, you know, these guys, they're – They've, they've really benefited from the strength and conditioning program. It's been totally revamped under Kaz Kazadi. Um, you know, it's night and day from what it was. And uh, just, you know, these guys, they're, they're built to last, and nothing uh, in front of them faces them, and I don't think it'll change against Michigan. Yeah, there's something to be said about, you know, as you know even more than me, throughout the season the narrative for TCU was even how they ultimately jettisoned into the college football playoff rankings. I would say there was disrespect nationally um, to where, well, they beat Kansas State in the regular season just 38-28. to 28. Well, they beat Oklahoma State just 43-40. to 40. Well, they only beat Kansas 38-31, to 31. Uh, SMU 42-34. to 34. Uh, A lot of close ones is my point, 29-28 over Baylor. That has to be a chip on their shoulder that didn't go away and won't go away. Yeah, I mean, Kendry Miller talked about something of, to the extent of big boy versus little boy with the Big Ten and Big 12, uh, with the Big Ten being the big boy and Big 12 being the little boy. Obviously, TCU's no stranger to that over the years. Uh, you might recall with the Rose Bowl back in 2010-11 that the comment made was uh, the little sisters of the poor. Uh, Wisconsin didn't want to play a team of that caliber in their minds. Um, I forget who said the exact comment, but that was a big comment that made it, it blew up around TCU. And when TCU won, they didn't forget that. But um, yeah, there's been, I think, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, talk on that front. And I think, you know, TCU players have done a pretty good job at kind of putting it to the side. I mean, Coach Dykes will tell you again and again that like these players are not focused or during the season, they were not focused on the playoff. They were one game at a time and they really zeroed in on doing their job. Um, you know, game by game. And now that they're here, the focus is there. But, uh, you know, I think the Big 12, it's interesting, you know, if you look at the ESPN FPI rankings, if that's something that you would trust, the Big 12, every team had a positive FPI, which shows you that, you know, while the top of the Big 10 is more talented than the Big 12, so to speak, uh, the gap between each team, the parity overall, is very, very close. A little separates, you know, these 10 teams in the Big 12, and that's why you saw so many one-score games. Like, there were not that many blowouts in the Big 12 across the board, all in all. There were some. Uh, K-State, Oklahoma State, I think that stunned all of us just how bad that got. But, uh, you know, you look at TCU and other teams, too, a lot of these games were decided uh, by one-score games. And, you know, that, I think, speaks to just, you know, the ability for TCU to get through that schedule where there's so much, uh, you know, evenly matched teams as far as talent's concerned. To get 12-1 and overall is a pretty, you know, impressive task. I mean, most teams – are not doing that. I think looking back in the last decade, I want to say, I think only Oklahoma uh, in 2016 was the other Big 12 team to go uh, 9-0 and during the regular season. Back then, there was not a Big 12 title game, so they didn't have that extra game to play. But uh, point being, I mean, it's, you know, a task to get to get through that schedule in the Big 12, given how little separates each team talent-wise with the way TCU got through it. Uh, let's talk about the TCU passing offense and – Max Duggan, most Michigan fans, most college football fans already know what Max Duggan does, is his hardest competitor, his ability as a thrower, 
and everything in between. But um, just talk about the rest of the battery, too. How potent is it? Of course, there's Quinton Johnston, but would you say this is a deep receiving unit and a deep passing offense across the board? Yeah, I mean, I think Quentin Johnston, you know, we know what he can do, as you were saying. But, you know, you look at Tay Barber, you look at Darius Davis, who has plenty of speed and can be great on special teams, too. He's had some return TDs this year. Even Savion Williams, Jared Wiley, who came in from Texas. Uh, we've seen even Gunnar Henderson make some, some big plays. What a classic name, uh, I know, too. right? Yeah, he, he sounds like a TCU player. Yeah, against so Baylor and uh, Oklahoma, he had some big days. And, I mean, even Jordan Hudson, uh, he was uh, once, I want to say, Oklahoma commit. Then he flipped to SMU but never went to SMU because then Sonny Dykes went to TCU and he ended up going there. So he's been kind of a – he was kind of a journeyman in his recruitment, but he's now at TCU and uh, he had some – Touches during the Big 12 title game, had that TD that was called off because of OPI. But uh, there's certainly, yeah, there's a very, you know, deep room there, uh, you know, of guys that are willing to step up when the occasion calls for it. Um, and, you know, Max Duggan, obviously a guy who can beat you not just through the air but also on the ground. And I think, you know, through his four-year TCU career, we, we've seen a lot of what he can do on the ground. But finally, his passing ability has taken off this year with Garrett Riley's scheme. Um, you know, and it's been cool to see his journey with, you know, him obviously losing the starting job to Chandler Morris. Yeah. And Chandler Morris gets hurt in week one at Colorado. Duggan comes in, and, you know, this guy who decided to stay put when a lot of guys might transfer out, uh, you know, is our Heisman runner-up and is, you know, the heart and soul of this team. We saw him, I think, you know, almost single-handedly will TCU to victory in a lot of ways in that Baylor game because they were without Kendra Miller, without Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis down the stretch, and then – Obviously, against Kansas State in the title game for the Big 12, uh, you know, he made that last drive happen. Yeah, the heart of a lion-type drive. It, it was kind of a surreal seeing that. I think we were all like, oh, this is, you know, inevitable, but it's also kind of hard to see, believe it, you know, happening again and again and what again. Did, what and did he run just, for on that drive over 70 he had, yards? He had, I think, 91 crazy? rushing yards, and the drive was shorter than that because a penalty pushed him back. So yeah. his total rushing was more than what the actual drive Yeah. Uh, said it was yardage-wise on the stat sheet. So it yeah. was just, I mean... One of the most incredible drives I've ever seen covering or watching football at any, any level. I asked Jim Harbaugh the next day during the press conference for the introductory uh, Fiesta Bowl stuff, and he was saying that it was a joy and a privilege to watch him compete. And, you know, that's a pretty high compliment to hear yeah. from your opposing C- coach going into this game. certainly has been a privilege, and no matter what the outcome, it will be a privilege tomorrow at the Fiesta Bowl. And just to your point, Dean... The receiving core, the touchdowns, Duggan has 30 on the year, but evenly distributed. Johnston has five, Tay Barber four, Darius Davis five, Savion Williams four, Jared Wiley four, Gunnar Henderson two, Jordan Hudson three. So uh, Michigan knows that well more more than me, that uh, they got got, uh, about a half dozen guys they got to prepare for. But here's one for you, Dean. The... TCU passing offense, or the offense, I should say, red zone. This is what I found interesting because they have the fifth-ranked scoring offense and the 80th-ranked red zone offense. I'm sure this has been something Sonny Dykes and uh, Riley and everyone else on the offense have been asked about all year long. So, So how can an offense be so good yet have that type of ranking in the red zone. Yeah, no, I think it's just in a lot of things. I think, you know, there were some questionable calls sometimes that I've seen. I mean, I think we all kind of wondered why the heck Max Duggan didn't get the football in overtime against uh, Kansas State. And, yeah, you know, that's true. I, I can understand that, you know, maybe they wanted to make sure Max didn't get, you know, 
injured given how you know much on themes he was running at that point. But the but, whole year, whole year to but yes for that data. But that's that's just one example. But I think you know it's a lot of um, you know you you have to sometimes ask. I think you know about the play calling, and I think sometimes if they maybe tried to overmanage some things. Um, but you know, all in all, like they've they found ways to win games. But it is certainly a kind of you know stark disparity there. And obviously, you know, TCU has to be effective in the red zone. Um, you know, when they play Michigan to have a chance. But you know, a lot of it too, I think, is that you know TCU they've often relied on these explosive plays, so a lot of their scoring might not be red zone touchdowns. Um, but when they have gotten there, it certainly has. Uh, you know, for the most time, it didn't bite them despite that number, but it finally did bite them against Kansas State. And, uh, you know, again, that's going to be something to monitor. And uh, when this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, we all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. You play on this level, you have to bring your best to beat the best. That's true. That's Sonny Dyke said that today, and... Something Sonny Dykes also said today was this isn't a roster full of a bunch of first-round NFL draft picks. Want to transition to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, mentioned Travis Hodges-Tomlinson a little bit ago, but uh, Johnny Hodges, he leads the team in tackles at 76. Had a chance to interview him yesterday. Seemed like a real good guy. Great story. Great story. And then there's D. Winters, very cerebral, serious guy. I thought 7.5 sacks on the year so uh just quickly whether it's those guys or whoever you think i'm missing who are the three standouts you'd say from that defense yeah i mean obviously i'll just tell him saying we know what he can do second thorpe award winner in three seasons at tcu you know nephew of nfl legend ladini and tomlinson a tcu legend for that matter but he's kind of been the, the star um but yeah johnny hodges though it's you know really a cool story and it kind of is funny because you know it's very much the story that Gary Patterson often saw with his players these guys that nobody wanted that nobody you know comparatively to these you know top recruits or transfers you know thought could do much he entered the portal after Navy uh, and you know he got I think one callback from Northwestern and ultimately they didn't want him and he told us just just two weeks ago that he reached a point where he uh pretty much thought he had a dead end in his career. And his dad uh, literally went into his email and kept emailing teams wow. on behalf of him, <laughs> posing as Johnny. And then TCU finally <laughs> called. And That's awesome. Here man. he is now as TCU's top tackler. And, you know, it's been the chip on his shoulder all year. But it's, you know, a really cool journey for him to be, you know, from thinking his career was possibly over, um, you know, being lost in the portal to this. I mean, Mark Perry, obviously – uh, you know, Colorado transfer, he's been great. He had a bit of a tough game the last time uh, he took the field against Kansas State. But, um, you know, he's been productive overall. D. Winters, kind of the general. Um, Abe Kamara's had some big plays, stepped up. He had a 
few big turnovers uh, forced earlier in the season. Um, and Jamoy Hodge, you know, very physical. Uh, Shad Banks, uh, you know, he's had his moments. And, you know, there's you can go on and on. Josh Foster, uh, or sorry, Josh Newton, excuse me. Josh Newton, he's been quite the story too, you know, a second quarterback with uh, Hodges Tomlinson that uh, has really, you know, kind of risen to the occasion. So um, it's kind of a lot of unsung heroes, I would say. And, you know, again, like these are not, you know, maybe all first round picks, so to speak. I mean, THT, Hodges Tomlinson is certainly somebody who's kind of, you know, that I think upper echelon, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of guys who have very uh, kind of, their journeys have been, you know, they've, a lot of them have transferred in and they've made their impacts and have kind of found a home. And that's uh, something Dykes has certainly relied on a lot in his career. SMU, you know, getting guys in the portal, a lot of them DFW natives to come home was a big part of his success. And he wants to do the same thing, you know, at TCU. And you've seen it now with some guys transferring in. Uh, they got JoJo Earl from Alabama, who's an Alito native. And then uh, Tommy Ruckermeyer, an offensive lineman from Bama, and he's a Fort Worth native as well. So uh, it's been, you know, definitely cool seeing these guys who – thought maybe their careers were going a different way, suddenly take off at TCU. Last one for you, and a lot has been made of whether it's TCU's three three five defense or just the physicality or the size of the Michigan team compared to the TCU team. Um, I had a chance to talk to Hodges Tomlinson yesterday, and he said that size doesn't matter in football, he said that uh, underst- he understands they're in the Big Ten. They talk about size. But he said at the end of the day, size does not play a role in football. He said they're ready for the job at hand. He said, I, I just want them to understand that we're coming. So how has TCU fared in the trenches on both sides of the ball this year, their offensive line, their defensive line? And do you think that's kind of a narrative that's been overblown the past few weeks now leading up to the game? I think I mean we can all agree that size matters to sure. an extent. I mean I think we can all we can all agree on that. And you know I think TCU for a long time speed has been something they've really kind of celebrated there. I mean Gary Patterson had the quote "speed baby," that was kind of a viral quote from back in the day that kind of was a uh, mantra in some ways. But I think you know TCU it's again back to the confidence that they've been able to find and you know that they did have some teams they faced that were bigger in size. Texas being one of them and. You know, Oklahoma has more talent on paper than TCU does, too. Yet, both of them, they found ways to win. And Texas, I think, was probably where they really got a lot of confidence in that, you know, their speed can beat size. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, like that first half against Texas, to your question about the trenches, they got whipped. Uh, I mean, that Texas, you know, D-line was overpowering them. Their offense could not get going. And then, come the second half, you know, you had some times where the speed really saved them. They had a 75-yard touchdown run by Kendra Miller where – he got around the edge and took off, and they could not stop him. Uh, and then there was coverage bust with Quentin Johnson uh, that got him up two scores. But, uh, you know, to that point, I think, you know, just it, it kind of stems back to the idea that they've, even when they haven't had, you know, the size edge, they've found ways to win. And I think, you know, having done it, there's a belief within them that even if they are not, you know, on top when it comes to size Saturday, that they can still hold their own against Michigan. I mean, I don't think a world exists where TCU can just – blow them out. I think we all know that if TCU is to win, it'll be a close game. Uh, Michigan, certainly, you know, everyone says that they can, you know, beat you good if they don't, if you don't come out to play. And that's, you know, no secret. We've seen them be able to 
cause a lot of problems. And, you know, Max Duggan will tell you that first things first. So, like, if they don't come ready to play, they're going to get, you know, a lot of problems, you know, handed their way. So, um, well, we'll see where it goes. But, again, I think that's that comment from Hodges Tomlinson is more to do just with, with kind of the nature of this team and the belief that, you know, no matter what they face, they're ready for the challenge yeah, and, and can H- stop that. Hodges Tomlinson also said that uh, we're way faster than any team that they've seen. So he said what comes with speed is power. So we're going we're gonna to figure this out. We're going to find out. And uh, as Jim Harbaugh said, all the questions have been asked and uh, all the questions have been answered at this point. So with that said, no more questions for you, Dean. Would you like to tell all our listeners where they can find you on Twitter and all your stuff online? Yeah, so 247sports.com. Uh, Michigan Insider would be Michigan site, and Zach Shaw and Sam Webb do a great job uh, heading up that team there. If you guys know who they are, follow them. They do. They, they, do. they, they can give you way more uh, Michigan content from on the ground in Ann Arbor, and they're great follows. Um, you know, for us, we, we do we – do, national coverage of all kinds. Brandon Marcello is here as well. He's been doing a great job covering sport nationally. But, uh, yeah, hop on, subscribe to your uh, your team, which is Michigan here in this case, for you guys listening for the most part. But uh, excited to be out here. should be a fun time. And uh, really just, you know, two two fun stories. And Twitter, uh, straka 49 is my handle. If you want to follow along, you'll probably see a lot of TCU stuff, given that's kind of my background. But uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to – be around this team on Michigan for the first time and hearing their stories. Loved uh, J.J. McCarthy's, you know, vibe yesterday. Fun guy to talk to. A lot of guys on defense. Uh, we hit up on, I guess that was Wednesday. Um, really a fun team, and I think two teams that uh, are just excited to be here and really want to capitalize on this chance to make a statement. Well, I'm excited we got a chance to sit down and talk over your cold brew coffee. How was that coffee treat? You know, I, I was going to go for the nitro cold brew and they were out. So I was bummed about that, but this is a good little alternative. Um, you know, it's been a grind, so you got to stay uh, caffeinated yeah. out here, right? To hey, get the job done. That's right. And we'll take this 60 degree foggy weather too. So, Hey Dean, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Really appreciate the time. And this has been Trevor Woods with SB Nation's Mason Brew. You can follow me on Twitter at Woods Football. I'll be back with another podcast at the conclusion of the festival with some post-game reactions. Take care till then.